Välkommen till en ny episode av Skoletid, podcasten till Etsörning. Denna gången så är er fortsatt vi i Etsörning på Bett i England och vi har med oss vår engelsk gäst Kat Thorn. Välkommen Kat. Hello. And thank you for a really good presentation. My pleasure. You had talked to me about your background and everything when we planned our episode. Um, and we already decided our title of the episode, Life is a Roller Coaster. And I know that you have some amazing experience that you, that you would like to share to our listeners. Um, and I also know that you are a teacher. Yes. And you also do your own, or run, sorry, your own company. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Kat. So, yeah, I started life as a teacher. Um, I only taught for a few years, actually. And um, as I was explaining in a session earlier, I was teaching English and maths and English to um, asylum seekers and refugees. And I had some really challenging students. In order to find ways of communicating with those different types of learners, I sort of stumbled accidentally upon the world of education technology and completely fell in love with it and um, quickly realized how much I loved ed tech and a job came up in it three years into teaching and I just went for it because I realized that I could have more impact uh, in education and on learning outcomes if I was just not in one classroom. So I went to work for an amazing edtech company for many years. Um, yeah, and just had the most phenomenal career. But at some point, you had a life-changing moment. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, you probably remember when you were a child, you you get all of these beliefs from people, from your parents, from your peers, from your friends, things you read, things you consume. And I definitely felt like I was living my life by a script. So I felt like there were certain things that I needed to do in a certain order. And one of those was this belief that the harder I worked, the more successful I would be. So I was there in my career working 24-7. And in 2016, my whole life blew up. I mean, I, I expressed it earlier, like I had a life car crash. Um and i was um explaining earlier in the session we did today that my i would wake up to my phone and my heart would be racing and i wouldn't even you know fully open my eyes and i'd already be in my phone looking at what projects i had had on that day what deadlines and i could feel inside of me the stress and the pressure and i never slept well you know i took really bad care of myself and I remember being at people's weddings, being at really special occasions on a, you know, a weekend and still being at work. Even when I wasn't at work, I was at work, if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so um, I started my own business last year called The Morning Game Changer. And I help um, teams, organizations and individual high flyers to create positive habits so they can lead happier, healthier, and higher performing lives. And I think this title of this episode is absolutely perfect because life is a roller coaster and there are things that happen to us that we can control and things that we can't control. And it's about the things that we can control that really matter. And those are the habits, the small, tiny little things that we do every day that shape our lives. 
And that's ultimately why I started this uh, initiative, because I think we wake up and we go straight into autopilot mode and we run around doing the same things. And then that's when the bad stuff starts to happen. And, and that was my own experience. A lot of the things you said in your presentation made me go around and thinking about my habits and what do I do and I'm one of those those who snooze in the morning <laughs> okay <laughs> waste of time I've learned today <laughs> yep the dream killer <laughs> why do you say that to, to snooze is a dream killer so as I said in the session what happens when you snooze is the night before you make a deal with yourself so you're definitely, so let's imagine it's Sunday night because this is classic Monday morning behavior. So it's Sunday night and tomorrow morning you are definitely going to go for that run before work because you've been putting it off and you've been meaning to and all these other excuses you've been telling yourself. So the Sunday night you set an alarm that allows you to do that activity, whether it's going for a run or, or whatever it is. So let's say you set your alarm for argument's sake at 6 a.m you are programming your subconscious to say at 6am I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go for a run because that's going to make me feel good. When your alarm goes off at 6am and you hit snooze, you're basically telling your subconscious that that doesn't matter and it's not important. Never mind the fact that when you snooze, you actually create a lot more stress in your life. You never go back to sleep in the same way. And actually all you do when you snooze is you start your day off in the opposite way to how you intended to start it. And the sleep you get, the hour you snooze or the 15 minutes you snooze, it's not good sleep. No, and imagine because let's say you wanted to wake up early for a particular reason, um, because you, you, you know, you're fed up of rushing, you really want to have like a longer shower or you want to have a coffee or you want to have a chat with your child before work, or whatever it is. By snoozing, you're actually creating more stress and more pressure for your day because you're going to then end up not doing that activity and potentially rushing and, and you know, being really busy rather than starting the day the way you intended the day before. Um, but one of the things that I talk about with snoozing, because it is a real habit that, that many of us suffer from, and it really does have a big impact on our overall happiness and well-being, is the power of waking up at the same time every day. That's a really small but brilliantly effective habit to actually commit to a waking up time every day. But do you even do this when you're on a holiday? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, for me, this is about, it's it's not just something that uh, happens a few days. This is, for me, this is a lifestyle now. I mean, look, with habits, I think you have to be flexible. So a weekend, I wake up a bit later. And if I'm out like tonight, I will probably be here for, for some time. And, you know, we have these late evenings sometimes. We have these celebrations. That's okay. Then I probably won't have such a solid routine tomorrow. So often I help people create mini routines as well as their full morning routine. So they've got flexibility for when life goes on its roller coaster and gets in our way. But rule of thumb with habits is you need to be consistent. So you need to sort of be aiming for 80 to 90% consistency with a habit. So you can't wake up one day at five, one day at seven, one day at 10 and expect your sleep to be of really good quality 
So I'm definitely going to stop snoozing. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> what to is it that's made you think I'm going to, uh, you know, was it the word dream killer? Because it's quite dramatic, isn't it? <laughs> what is it that makes you want to stop snoozing? I think it probably is the last one. Because in the end, like you said, it's kind of a waste of time because you're just waiting to get up anyway. Yeah. But again, you know, having small children, it's nice to lure yourself into trying to have 10 more minutes of sleep, but then you really don't because you're not sleeping. You're just waiting for the clock again and you snooze again and there we go. <laughs> yeah. And what? imagine, and you know what it's like when you wake up to that screeching alarm you know, I don't even want to hear that once, let alone two, three, four times. And so I think you're sort of sending your body and your brain into this kind of continuous shock, rather than waking up and going, okay, I'm a little bit tired, but I'm ready for the day. Drinking a glass of water is the first thing that I would recommend doing. It, it like hydrates your body, it gets your brain switching on, and then straight into whatever your sort of morning routine looks like. When we change our habits, what happens to our mind and body then? That's what's so amazing, I think, about changing your habits is it's so powerful. It really is affecting those three big areas, so your happiness, your health, and your performance. And I think the big thing that I talk about a lot is the self-awareness. And this is, the, this is the shift from being on autopilot to being intentional. And like I said in the session, everybody has a morning routine. It's just whether you are intentional about your routine or not. When you become intentional, like when you actually actively decide what you are going to do and you're in control of it, it impacts every part of your life. I mean, it's, that's why small habits equals big results. It's, you really have to sort of start trying it to see for yourself. And sometimes someone has have to say the words as well for you to be able to, hey, hang on a minute, there is, there might be a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we saw that in the session, didn't we, when we did the happiness ladder at the beginning. And I'm not sure what the audience were thinking when they looked at some of these questions that I was asking them to give their feedback on. But I can I can imagine that many of those people have never taken the time to ask themselves, how happy am I right now? And what habits are affecting my happiness and my energy? Because we are all sort of stuck in this autopilot world of ours where it's just wake up, kids, work, dinner, bed, and the same thing, and weekends, shopping, and kids, parties. And, and over and over again. Yeah, and, and creating that space between when you open your eyes and you start your work is, to me, the key. That is the life-changing. Because you did ask us, uh, the audience, you, you presented a ladder, you gave us a ladder, Yeah. and you had the scale from one to ten mm -hmm. and we were supposed to answer how happy we are yeah and well i was kind of surprised that there was no one saying zero or one yeah but there was a lot of them being on seven eight yeah is that the normal feedback you get yeah i think so um but we've i've also in the session seen as low as two uh right up to ten so there are some people that um i think I think sometimes with these kind of questions, they can be a bit misleading. I think people, they have to react quite quickly. Maybe they haven't really fully thought and they think, oh, I'm, I'm okay. So I'm like a six or a seven. 
Um, so we tend to see those numbers as quite high averages when we do these sessions. But the question I would ask, which is harder to answer is, if you're a six or a seven, what does it look like to get to an eight or a nine? Because that's harder to identify. Because you can make a snap judgment of, yeah, I feel okay today, I'm a six or a seven. But what, and, and that's when in some of the sessions I do, we go into more detail about the aspects of your life. So you can start to pinpoint which areas are you not so satisfied in and which areas need more improvement. And I also think we need more of those type of questions. Yeah. I think it's important to make an awareness of actually yourself and how, how happy are you? And yeah. How can you involve in your own life? Definitely, definitely. So I lost my um, mother when I was four years old. So I grew up with my father and my brother and my sister. And for me, that was definitely, um, I learned at a really young age how precious life is. And so I've always viewed life as this, I get to do this, I don't have to do this. And so a lot of the sort of stories and thoughts we have, I think we, we, oh, I have to, I have to go and exercise. I have to go and do this. And the way I look at it now is you get one body, you get one life. If you want to go on all these adventures, if you want to watch your children get older, you know, all these things you want to do, you want to do this in your career, you want to go travel, you've got one body, you've got one vessel that's going to take you on that journey. And if you don't look after it, it's not going to be able to do that. And for me, that's what changed about exercise. I stopped viewing exercise as a gym membership I never, you know, actually used, just paid for <laughs> three of them. Um, and actually something that, no, for me, exercising isn't about the body, it's about the brain. It's about, you know, getting all of that energy and being really sharp and focused and 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 strength to cope with and to not more than cope like to to sort of excel in the roller coaster of life because things hit us like a bus some days don't they and we need that resilience and for me that comes from really strong positive habits that you do daily and when when you did this whole change did you find the change difficult because i'm guessing that a lot of them while listening they would say oh it's easy to say just just change your life it's easy but, but was it easy no no I'd be lying if I said yeah it was really easy it wasn't easy and I, I said in the session that um you know waking up at five was never was never my intention but the thing with habits and that's why New Year's resolutions are so um you know are an interesting concept because we, we we use the new year as a time to reflect and we want to make changes in our life so we we make these resolutions but actually very few people stick to them and it's because we don't create systems that help us create habits so habits and goals are you know that their goals especially they're just ideas but you need a system in order for it to actually happen and i think for me my habits have become habits and and they've I've stuck with them for many years now because I have a system. So that morning routine for me is part of my system. So now, even though some very often my brain will say to me in the morning, you don't need to exercise today. You exercised yesterday. You're tired. You're this, you're that. It's I just go and do it because I focus on how I'm going to feel after and knowing what, you know, why I'm doing it, which is what I said in the session also today. It's very inspiring to listen to you and then I thought it was very inspiring to listen to your session as well um, but I have to say I still kind of 
I know I need to change some habits. Yeah. Let's face it. Yes, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, 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 I'm sure that I'm not alone uh, in, in, in order to how easy it is to change, but like you just said. Um, in your presentation, you also had um, an example of scrolling or social media scrolling. Yeah. Uh, and that was a quite high rate. A lot of people wake up every morning yeah. and they scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Why do people scroll in the morning? It's a good question because it's it, the statistic is that eighty percent of people with a smartphone open uh, within fifteen minutes of opening their eyes, they look at their phone. Eighty percent. Yeah. I th the that's, that's quite. Yeah. It's a lot. I think it's higher to be perfectly honest, um, but I think it's. I think it's partly because I think it's a lot to do with the way we live our lives now. So there's a lot of um, this concept of that we're with the fear of missing out, like what what have we missed overnight? And we get that dopamine hit every time we get a, like a WhatsApp message or Facebook notification. And we're quite addicted to that. Um, but I think it's also it's also a, just a really bad habit that we have developed. The more the more that our phones have are sort of c quite consuming in our lives because everything is on our phones now, um, it's it's much harder for people to make that separation. So I have sort of two approaches to this. One is learn how to use your phone. So you you know some people just cannot develop the self-discipline. So they literally, they don't have their phone in their bedroom. They use an old fashioned alarm clock or a light alarm, and they have a really clear boundary of using their phone. That can work, especially in the beginning, if you're finding it really hard to develop the habit. The other thing I think it's, and I think this is more sustainable, is actually become aware of when you use your phone and how it makes you feel and how much time it takes, because it's a real time stealer as well. Um, like I said in the session, one of my clients used to scroll for one hour every single morning. And it's a lot of time. <laughs> it's a lot of time. And also, it's not just the time, but it's because people say, oh, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that. And you're thinking, well, how much time are you spending scrolling? Because there's definitely a few minutes you can get back from scrolling. I think it's more about what is that doing to you? If you're scrolling in the morning and you're consuming a lot of information, it might be a mix of positive and negative information, but that is weighing on you rather than waking up, drinking water, exercising, listening to something motivational, um, writing down your thoughts, doing your plan for the day, having like a couple of minutes to relax, meditation, whatever it is, and then get into the day. That for me is, that's just like one thing that has, I think a lot of people want to shift. Because when it comes to smartphone, almost everyone have them. Yeah. And, and like you say, we use them in different ways. Some use them as a simple tool and, and some have their lives on there. And I also see with, with the, the, the generation of my children, they use the phone in a different way than I do as well. Yeah. Um, but do you think that younger, or say pupils in, mm. in K-12, would you say that they are aware of their use of a smartphone or in a positive way, better than us, which came to this one later? So, I mean, how, how, how would you say younger 
younger students or younger pupils, how are they when it comes to a smartphone? Do you know what? I think it's even harder for them because I think they, like, I remember not having a phone until I was 17. So I didn't have, I wasn't uh, of that generation where we had a lot of technology growing up. And even when I was 17, it was just, it was, um, you know, like a rescue tool in case your car broke down. But now I see some of the young people I have in my life and they cannot eat their dinner without watching something on a screen. And so I think it's, I love technology. It was, it was, it is, it still is a very important part of my life. But I think as an individual and in, in cases of um, teachers and parents and guardians, we need to help young people to recognize um, when we're consuming information and how that makes us feel. I mean, we know that with tools like Instagram, they can have a really devastating impact on mental health and create all kind of issues like body dysmorphia and, and many other things because and I think even as adults, we're often looking at people's feeds and, and you know, I love that expression, comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> but, you know, it's so real, isn't it? We look at and, you know, you know, you Why think, oh, wow, that? yeah. wow, that's happened. Oh, I wish I had that. I wish I looked like that. And, you know, I think you have to do some some work on yourself to to really be able to recognize your thoughts. That's one of the habits actually that I think is one of the greatest that I have gained is being able to recognize thoughts. So recognize when I see something and like I said in the session earlier about self-limiting belief, recognize when your brain is up to no good, you know, because we have this like these two workers in our brain, the positive and the negative, and we have to be able to recognize when they are at work. And you also said in your session that we need to be to be able to change any habit, we need to be aware of it. Yeah. But if we don't know about these habits, how how do, how can I change them? You have to have a session with me. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's, um, yeah, it's a good question because I think this, this session we did today, these, um, these educators were not expecting this kind of content. And even I talked to some of them outside and they said, um, you know, this, this was quite unusual at an education technology conference. But, and, and, and I know it is, but why is it? I think the question is why? Because, these things, like how we sleep, what we eat, how we um, look after our bodies, how we look after our minds, they directly affect our work and our lives. But yet we, we want to focus on things that we're used to focusing on. Like if we want to improve ourselves, we invest in this type of training, like project management training, or we buy a new tool or a new app or a new software. And it's funny when I'm working with sales teams as well, like they're looking for this silver bullet to improve their sales. And, and I ask them, but what are the morning routines of your salespeople? Because if they are like scrolling and looking at news and not exercising and eating junk, they're not going to be on top of their game. It's as simple as that. I want to talk about one more thing before mm -hmm. I let you go, Kat. Okay. Because in your session, you talked about success and happiness and how you, we always think that we need to be this according to gain the other one, but it's actually the other way around. Yeah. 
So tell me about happiness and success. So I think, and I certainly have, have always believed this, that happiness comes later. You know, once you're successful, then you uh, get the happiness. So I always thought that once I had achieved, like I said earlier, that, those, uh, that script that I had, all the checkboxes, then I would be happy. And the research that I shared um, in the session from the happiness advantage, that just tells you um, that actually we've got it the wrong way around. And that when we are happy, that's when we start to get the results. That's when the success comes. And obviously success is um, a broad concept. Everybody has a different idea of what success looks like. But I think that is what's really important. And I also shared the story of somebody I met recently who said that they were just wait, they were, they, they're running their own company and they were just, once they'd hit the half a million mark, they were going to fix things with their wife. And my heart really sank when uh, they said that to me because unfortunately, I don't think that that moment will ever come because it's going to be too late. And I think in our sort of consumer society, we are chasing things that we think are going to bring us happiness. And yes, they do give us that that hit. We, we, we kind of, when we, when we, if we're in business, we win a new client. If um, we're in sort of education and, and a, you know, you get a promotion or one of your children do really well, you get that like initial energy and that buzz, but it's really short lived because we are fighting all the time between this notion of instant gratification, which is where the scrolling comes in and long-term gain, long-term results. And actually happiness sort of research is linked to progress. That's where happiness really lies. It's, it doesn't lie in once you get the car, once you get the dream, this, that, or the other. Um, but that's how most of us have led our lives to believe that that's where it is. And with those words <laughs> in mind, I think that's very important to remember. Work on your happiness yeah. and then everything else will come after. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as we saw in that session, you know, I, I shared very, very openly my personal story and we get one life. And um, I think it was amazing to see some of the feedback, some people saying, What, what's the one thing you've gained from the, what's the greatest insight you gained from the session? And, and people were saying to be happier or to focus on happy, to make time for happiness. And in a way like that breaks my heart and makes me really happy at the same time. It's great that that's been a realization, but it's quite sad that we actually have to make time for happiness. So I think that's the big message is just one life, make some time, you know, the first moment you get this weekend, whenever you're listening to this recording, just take yourself off to a place for a couple of hours, get a notebook and just write down what is going on for you right now. And you will, you will increase your self-awareness by doing that. And you will be able to start to identify the areas of your life and therefore the habits that are impacting your, your happiness and your energy and then be able to do something about it. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, oh, 
So you're going to stop snoozing now? No, I'm going to stop snoozing. <laughs> I'm going to check on this. <laughs> and I'm not sure what my husband is going to say about <laughs> stop snoozing, but um, and I'm definitely making him listen to this episode. Oh, that's great. That's it's great. been such a lovely time to chat with you, Kat. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining our podcast. Oh, pleasure. Dette var en episode av Skoletid, en podcast for dig som interesserer dig for læring, pedagogik og mestring i en digital utdanningshverdag. Abonner gjerne og legg igjen en vurdering eller en anmeldelse der du hører på podcast. Du finner forresten masse gode episoder i vårt arkiv og følg oss på Instagram for mer innhold. Mitt navn er Beat-Katrine Mo. Vi høres neste gang.